0: Have you ever come across a picture you just can't get out of your head? A picture that, after some time, becomes an obsession? Maybe you even start to think to yourself, where did that photo come from? So you start looking for answers. On this show, we take you on that journey. From the photo that stuck with us to the story behind it, we'll learn about Shirley Chisholm's treasurer, the son of a moonshiner, and a Nigerian man on the day he took his last breath. And I tracked down a boy from a photo album and found more than I expected. This is Reframed. I'm Heather Schroering. A quick note before we get started. I want to tell you about the book that inspired this podcast. It's called Not Who I Pictured, where you can read the stories you won't hear on the show. Go to Amazon.com to purchase Not Who I Pictured. Here's the show. There's an old saying about great adventures finding you. So it should come as no surprise that people with a weird love of collecting dead people stuff, you know, antique collectors, they occasionally find stories they aren't expecting. That's the short answer for how A Stranger's Family photo album ended up in my hands. But unlike other snapshots of unfamiliar faces I've collected before, this album was different, and it sent me on a mission to find the boy captured in time. Here's today's episode of ReFramed. I'm Heather Schwaring.
1: What is this? It looks like, is this a cannon? Is this a battleship? Oh my God. So you just, this was like a bug in your head? I'm going to track the kid down?
0: I have this strained curiosity with old photos I find in resale shops. And I'm not the only one. I'm talking to Dan Lenchner, a photographer in New York who collects this stuff as a pseudo-professional hobby. I met him at a vintage photo fair where I told him about this picture I have. It's of a kid on a battleship from 45 years ago. His name is Rip. The reason I know that, well, it's none of my business. Why someone took a picture of this boy on a ship isn't my concern either. Nor is anything he did on that vacation with his family in the 1970s. But collecting old photos is my business, and when people leave their stuff around for someone else to claim, I'll just say, maybe we shouldn't lose things if we don't want to be found. That's where this story begins, with a thrift store find that took me on a trek through my own past and relationship with memory. It was a cherry red photo album. I paged through the snapshots of 70s-tastic beach vacations, and then I saw him a boy looking through the round door of a ship. Most people probably see a discarded picture, but I see a smiling brown-haired boy who has no idea the journey this photo will take when he's a grown-up. I had to find him. The first picture of a stranger I ever bought was from an estate sale in Kentucky. It's a posed portrait of a woman in the 1800s clutching her floral dress. She's looking over her shoulder, smizing, if that was a thing then, I needed this picture. I'm not sure why, but after I bought it, a message inked in the bottom corner of the photo stuck with me. It read, Lest you forget, with love, Sarah. I got sad the more I looked at the photo. Her note somehow got separated from the person she gave it to. The photo became this forgotten object in a for sale box, but now it was mine and I felt responsible for giving it a second life. I found more Sarahs for sale in other places, and eventually, I became the keeper of all these strangers in black and white, hoarding their orphan memories like my own. I've never tried to track anyone down in those hundred-year-old pictures of people who are probably long dead and gone, but Rip wasn't like the Sarahs. I had to keep looking for him. I just wasn't sure why. My friend Shelby Comstock-Britton has been collecting antiques since we were kids. I thought she would get why I have this bug in my head. If someone called you and said they had a photo album from your past, would that freak you out? Absolutely. That would totally freak me out.
1: Why do they have that? Why do they care? Heather, why do you care?
0: That's a solid question. Why do I care? Rip's photo album made me think about a person in my life who I only have in photographs now. My grandmother. In my favorite picture of her, she's wearing a bathing suit, standing with her hands on her hips, lips pursed, full of life, an unwavering force, five foot three and entirely terrifying, yet unterrified of anything. There wasn't much left behind when my grandmother died. No jewelry or expensive furniture. She was a giver, which translates to easy prey to people who take. In the days after she passed, my cousin Melody remembers looking through her things and...
1: Just coming to the house after she died and just feeling like so many people had already taken stuff. Like it was just too much to process too quickly. For so long, I, I kept thinking... I don't care if I have anything of her because I have my memories. Like, that's what I kept telling myself.
0: She feels different about it now, like her memories aren't enough, especially now that her daughter Chelsea has grown up. My grandmother did leave behind an endless supply of family photos, mostly taken by her. But pictures of my grandmother, they were rare.
1: You know, anytime I see a picture of her, because there's so few of those, God, I wish I could have had more. I wish I would have had pictures of her and Kelsey. You don't think about that stuff until it's too late.
0: So I guess that's why it matters to me so much. Maybe Rip just doesn't care his family photos are floating around in the world with strangers. But I at least had to give him the option to care. If I knew someone had pictures of my grandparents, I'd want them back. So I began my hunt with that picture of Rip on the battleship. He doesn't even look 10 years old. It's next to a series of photos of a family road trip. I was captivated by these pictures. There's one of the boy in a button-down shirt riding a horse statue, and another of him sitting on a covered wagon with a guy in sunglasses hunkered next to him. He's probably the boy's dad. I folded back the cellophane and peeled the photos from the page, hoping for some detail to help me find the boy. And there it was, written on the back of one. A name. Rip. I pieced together other clues from the photos and did some research. I looked through every person on Facebook with the last name, eventually tying nearly all of them back to this photo album. But still, after hours of looking, no sign of Rip. Until I found an obituary. But not his, thankfully. It was his dad's. Enlisted with his next of kin was a guy named Rip. I found the boy on the ship. Now I just needed to call him. It went a lot like this.
1: I'm sorry, you have reached a number that has been disconnected.
0: Or is... And a few wrong numbers. You
1: need your name and your number, I'll get back with you later.
0: And ended this way. Please check the number and try your call. I had all but given up, but then I got a hold of him. The call lasted about two minutes, and it didn't go well. He was with his son and maybe a little confused about a stranger calling him. I was so flustered. I just forgot everything that I was going to say. Instead, I gave him this whole monologue about how excited I was to talk to him. I was feeling really dumb about everything, so I told my friend Madeline Northway about it. She's been following this weird adventure since I started.
1: You probably thought you were such a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think you were like a stalker or something? Probably.
0: <laughs> probably. For the rest of the call, I told Madeline about what I should have said to Rip. That I'm just really curious about how this photo album got away from the family. I thought I might want it back. And then I told her how it actually came out of my mouth. I just got really obsessed with finding you, and I think <laughs> <laughs> I think that creeped him out. Yeah, that's a
1: little, I mean, it's especially how out of the blue this probably is for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that word. Obsessed. I don't know if that's the right word. It's more of a fascination. I'm just haunted by the idea of getting separated from memories that can never be retrieved. Pictures from my life, of my friends and family, they're like keys to a time capsule buried deep in my brain. They unlock memories that I might have otherwise forgotten. I need those photos because I'm pretty afraid of forgetting. I thought I might be able to find Rip and give him back a whole key ring of childhood memories. I mean, how sad is it that this family lost their photo album? The possibility that such a personal item could be intentionally discarded? I can't accept that.
1: I think that when you look at a picture, it takes you back to that feeling.
0: My cousin Melody is talking about pictures of my grandma. They're some of my favorites. She didn't smile for the camera very often. But those candid moments, with her head leaning back mid-laugh, this is how I remember her. It's how we all do.
1: You know, when I see her in those pictures with her mouth open, laughing or, you know, it just takes me back to that moment, those times. She was there and made you feel like you were the best person in the world.
0: I studied those pictures, obsessing over the nuances of my grandma's features. I paid special attention to her hands. Such an easy thing to forget. I just never wanted to look down at my own hands and wonder where they came from. There's comfort in knowing these photos exist. They're heirlooms to be cherished and guarded. They're there when memory fails you. But these photos aren't just memories frozen in time. They're reminders of what used to be there. Of who you can't get back. So Rip, if you're listening to this, you're welcome to take your photo album back. But for now, it's going back on my bookcase, next to the other stranger snapshots that were tossed away. It's none of my business whether or not Rip misses his family photo album. Because it's not about the boy. Hey guys, it's Heather. I'm here with JW Cash, one of the authors of Not Who I Pictured, the book this podcast is based on. Hey, JW. Hey, Heather. So, JW, your photo in the book is of a guy who looks like a mobster, but who is he?
1: His name was Tino. Some people thought he was a mobster. He industrialized the meatpacking market.
0: It didn't even occur to me that the meatpacking market needed to be industrialized.
1: Yeah, Tino tapped into these markets no one would really think about. Meat packing, soybeans, salad oil. Salad oil? Yes, the salad oil swindle, which led to Tino going to prison for the first time.
0: But who was Tino to you?
1: Tino was like a grandfather to me. He was in love with my grandmother.
0: To read J.W.'s story and 15 others, stop by Amazon to purchase Not Who I Pictured. Thanks for listening to ReFramed. If you like what you heard, you can hear more stories in the print version, Not Who I Pictured, the book that inspired this podcast. Head to Amazon.com to purchase your copy of Not Who I Pictured today. Reframed is inspired by the book, Not Who I Pictured, a collection of short stories that begin with a family photograph and explore the memories behind them. Our executive producers are Kelsey Blazier and Lena Sunskiri. We are produced by Sage Howard, Will McAllister, Ashley Aguosa, and me, Heather Schroering. Our editor is Isabella Kulkarni. Special thanks to James Robinson, Isabella Colcarney, and Michael Shapiro for their patience, guidance, and humor. If you like what you heard, go to amazon.com to purchase Not Who I Pictured. Thanks for listening.